I want you to take a moment to ponder this. What does money mean to you? For many, it's the matter of numbers and income, expenses, savings and investments. But today, we're here to discover that money is much more than that. So I would like you to sit back, find your favorite cozy spot, maybe a cup of tea or coffee, and let's embark on this money journey together. Before we dive in, I'm your host for today, and every day really, because I'm the host of this podcast, Natalie Sisson. This is the Life Pilot Podcast, where we're all about turning your dreams into reality. I'm talking about lifestyle design. I'm talking about taking back control of your life so that you are focusing on what truly matters to you. I'm also talking about creating and setting goals and intentions that really light you up, absolutely smashing them out of the ballpark using our Life Pilot tool and methodology, and feeling more focused than you ever have in your entire life. That's what Life Pilot has done for myself, my husband, and hundreds of other people who have used Life Pilot to really get clear on what matters to you most. So if you don't have a system for how you go about prioritizing what matters, if you feel like you're kind of just swimming in a sea of sameness, not getting any different results, not changing anything, not feeling motivated, not feeling focused, and not doing the things that truly matter to you in life, then head across to lifepilot.co. All right, today I really want to delve into the depths of the psychology of money because your relationship with wealth is profoundly influenced by your money mindset. This mindset encompasses your beliefs, your attitudes, and your emotions related to money. So you can see why there's so much caught up in this and why money means so many different things to so many different people. It's the lens through which you view financial matters and make life-altering decisions. Now, thanks to uh, my friend Denise Duffield-Thomas, the money mindset guru, I guess, she has just really illuminated for me a lot of the money stories that I have uh, and the money blocks and some of the attitudes that I have and some of those are from childhood and some of those I have gained throughout the year. On the whole, I have some really good money habits. I have some very positive money behaviors and I have you know, this ability to manifest and be abundant. However, I am also aware of where I'm a little bit of a budgeter, where I'm a bit frugal, where I've picked things up from my dad, who used to be like that, and just where I still need to be doing the work and working on the stuff. And especially more so now than ever with Leonardo in our life, because I want to teach him that money is really energy and that you can have an incredible relationship with it. And having money is a great thing because you can do wonderful things with it and you can do a lot to help others. So I want to keep working through my stuff. I want to work through our stuff as a family and I want to pass on to Leo this legacy that he is capable of always being abundant, of always having money and always being able to use money to do good things in this world. So Understanding your money beliefs and attitudes is pretty critical. And I would say that like anything, you know, when you really look at your life and especially in life pilot, we have six areas of life that we focus on wealth, which is today's topic, relationships, wellness. So that's where your health, your fitness, your mentality, your self-care, personal growth, hugely important, your lifestyle and your work as in how do you get income? 
right? If you think about these six areas of life, we constantly need to be working on one area or another if we want to grow, if we want to see change, if we want to be living truly our best life. But it's hard. You can't focus on all of those all the time and be winning. So it's more about how can you be at a 60-70% across most life areas and be really smashing it in a couple of others because if you're really doing that in one area of your life, it lifts everything else up. It just does. And one of these that I think is probably the most important is the wealth area because if you can get the relationship right with money, if you can understand your money beliefs and attitudes and work on those for the better, everything in your life is going to change. So let's start by exploring the common money-related beliefs and attitudes that shape our financial journeys. So you might be able to relate to one of the following, the scarcity mindset. That's the belief that there's never enough money to go around and that just leads you to become fearful and anxious about your finances. And that mindset usually stems from past financial struggles or societal influences that emphasize lack or the way in which your family talked about money and brought you up around money, right? And we've all been there. We've all had a scarcity mindset. Some of us on a daily basis, Others of us when times are tough in life, but there is always a scarcity mindset hanging around. Even for people who are millionaires and, you know, billionaires, there's still people there who have a scarcity mindset. Abundance mindset. That's the conviction that opportunities for wealth are boundless and attainable and that you foster optimism and financial courage on a daily basis. And people with this mindset tend to view setbacks as temporary and see potential for growth in every situation. And that I would say is the complete opposite of the scarcity mindset. And you can hang out in both at different times, obviously, but can you see how it'd be far more fun to hang out in the abundance mindset? So, you know, even when times are tough, having this mindset can literally change your life for you. You can see opportunities everywhere. You can manifest things out of nothing. You can truly create momentum for yourself from nothing. And then there's money as a measure of success. That's the idea that one's self-worth is intrinsically tied to financial success. And that usually leads to this relentless pursuit of wealth. And I wouldn't necessarily say it leads to happiness. This belief can create a constant need for being externally validated. And it can also really hinder the ability to find contentment outside of financial achievement. If all you deem yourself worthy by is how much money you make, if you were to lose your job or your business was to liquidate, or you had a really crappy run, or something happened to you where you lost your house, um, or anything, and you were suddenly in debt and feeling completely in lack, then your whole identity is going out the toilet if you relate to money as a measure of success. Not a good place to be in. So that's why it's really important to have financial self-awareness. And moving forward, I want to dive into a really crucial aspect of your relationship with money which is being self-aware around it. This is honestly the concept and cornerstone of building a healthy and empowering connection with your finances. It's about understanding your financial values, your priorities, and your triggers. And it plays a pivotal role in shaping your overall money mindset and habits. So this is what we're going to dive into now. First off, I want to talk about understanding your financial values. So these are the guiding principles that inform your decisions about money. They reflect what you believe is truly important in life and where you want to allocate your resources. And to gain clarity on your financial values, just consider these questions. Write them down if you want, pause the podcast, just take a moment. What brings you the most joy and fulfillment in life? 
That's the first question you want to ask yourself. Your answer may range from spending quality time with loved ones, which is honestly mine. It's my love language, quality time, and so is affection, to pursuing personal passions and experiences, right? So what brings you the most joy and fulfillment in life? Write it down. The second question, what are your long-term goals and aspirations? Your financial values are so closely tied to your dreams. And whether that's buying a home, which is huge for so many people, traveling the world or supporting a cause you're passionate about. But you need to know what your long-term goals and aspirations are. And what do you want your financial legacy to be? That's the third big question. So I want you to think about the impact you want to leave on future generations or the causes that you want to support. What do you want your financial legacy to be? I love meeting people who have a really clear view on this. It is so inspiring. Uh, Actually, popping to mind my dear friends Jeff and Donna, they have a a huge financial legacy that they want to leave, both with generational wealth within their family and also to the causes that they support. And they've talked me through it numerous times, and you can just see it absolutely jazzes them and gives them this north star, this guiding principle for everything that they do from the minute they get up. the moment they go to sleep and I have definitely had moments where I have a very very strong financial legacy and right now it is changing and morphing especially since getting married and having a family and it's you know again something that you actually have to put aside time to look at because it will 100% motivate you in your journey And so it's important, but it can't kind of just be done in isolation. If you're partnering with somebody else, if there's more people involved in your life than just you when it comes to this, you know, they need to be on board. They need to be a part of it. You can co-create it together, but definitely carve out time every single quarter, just like we do in LifePilot actually, to look at your quarterly goals and look at your financial legacy and update it and see whether it still jazzes you and whether you're on track. Make it your North Star. And basically at the heart of this is that if you identify and align with your core financial values, you can make more intentional financial choices that actually reflect your true priorities, which is a beautiful place to be in, right? We don't want to be in this place where you're just buying stuff for the sake of it, or you're saving up for something that you don't know what you're going to need, or you're aimlessly gathering credit card debt because you don't think there's any way you'll ever get out of it, or you're taking on more and more and more study, but you're not actually making that a reality and doing anything with it you just like investing the money in yourself because you can see the growth but then you're not actually passing that growth on so just really understanding what it is what are your core financial values and then you get to clarify your financial priorities and these priorities can evolve over time and being aware of these shifts is crucial for making informed financial decisions here are some common financial priorities that you may encounter You might be early in your career. At this stage, you are probably prioritizing building a financial foundation, paying off any student loans and saving for your future. You might be in the family life stage. So your family might be growing. Your priorities are probably shifting towards saving for their education, uh, for a home or maybe a second investment property. And you basically are wanting to ensure financial security of your loved ones. It definitely goes from I to we at this stage. Midlife, maybe you're focusing on maximizing your retirement savings, paying down your mortgages and planning for a comfortable retirement. And then there's retirement. So your priorities are going to evolve again. You're probably preserving your wealth, enjoying your post-year careers, and possibly, hopefully, leaving a legacy for your future generations. So it's really good to know what sort of priorities you have in your life right now. 
I would say we are actually at both the family life aspect and the early retirement, which is what we're aiming for. So, you know, we've got goals that actually really are quite aligned on that front. And there's a very much a we and a we for the future. So a we for now and a we for the future in terms of our financial values. And then the thing is that if you know which stage of life you're at or what you're really focusing on, you may want to be retiring at 30. So you might be in your early career, but you have a very, very clear goal about that. Or you might not be planning on retiring and you just want to live an amazing life, um, you know, right through until your 90s. You want, you know, money for that and to be able to help your family and to take them on amazing trips. And yeah, I mean, I've just had so many cool stories recently of a lovely lady who celebrated her 70th and took her whole family to the islands to do that and just having that opportunity to do that we're heading to a dear friend's 40th birthday who's basically covering all the accommodation food you just have to get to the location at the end of this year and I just think it's such a beautiful offering if you can make it to really enjoy life and to bring your friends and family together and to celebrate in that way and you know both parties have built up the wealth to be able to do that because they were very clear on their priorities and what mattered to them And that's the thing. If you know what your financial priorities are currently, it allows you to allocate resources effectively and adapt your financial plan. So right now you might be saving really hard. Maybe right now you're on this home ownership journey, or maybe you're on a big investment, you know, prioritizing a portfolio of either investments or property or whatever it may be. Maybe you're investing in startups. Like I've been through all these stages. I've had different stages, different times of growth in my business where I've had income just for me. When I'm traveling the world, I really didn't need much. I was saving a heap. I was investing into properties and and into startups. I wasn't necessarily buying stuff, so it was great. I had lots of money, disposable money. I didn't have many overhead expenses because I was constantly traveling apart from the travel. And, you know, then you shift into buying a big-ass property with 10 acres and suddenly all your money goes into the land and the house and your family um, and all those things that, you know, family trips and things that you want to do. So, yeah, different. Like, I just bought a trampoline and an above-ground swimming pool on the weekend because I'd done my research and I had looked at, you know, options for us. And I was like, that is a small investment to make for massive happiness not only from this summer, but from every period on, especially while we have Leo at such a young age, like that to me was a really great investment for the next five years. And then you need to recognize your financial triggers. Oh, this is the fun bit. These are usually emotional reactions or situations that impact your financial decisions. And these triggers can lead to impulsive spending, anxiety about money, or even avoidance of financial matters altogether. I've been recently watching, I don't usually watch any TV, but I've got access to Netflix right now, and I've been watching the show with Ramit Sethi, who's the author of I Will Teach You To Be Rich. And um, it's fascinating going through this journey of people who are literally just avoiding where they're at. Like they're spending thousands of dollars on brunch every month with their friends, but they don't have any money for it. Or they've got... $200,000 worth of student debt, but they're just not paying it off because they think it's just going to be wiped at some point and they don't think about how it affects their credit rating or even just their general happiness, knowing that they have that amount of debt outstanding. And then there's people who are like so fully um, focused on budget and saving and their partner is completely digging their head in the sand. Like they haven't told their husband to be that they are actually broke and have a ton of debt. And it's just fascinating. And the problem is, is that if you don't deal with these now, they're going to be with you for the rest of your life. And that is just way too long a time to be worrying about your finances versus doing something about it. 
So examples of common financial triggers are things like fear of missing out, FOMO, like, okay, I don't have the money, but um, I really want to keep up with what Amanda over there is doing. So I'm going to go and buy that amazing handbag too, or we're going to go to that concert, even though I can't really afford it. And then that leads to overspending and a whole lot more financial stress because you just wanted to live in the moment, right? And there's times for living in the moment. (laughs) There's times for really just like buckling down. Then there's emotional spending, using shopping or indulgence spending as a way to cope with stress or sadness or other emotions. One of my dear friends, who I shall not name, used to go out and have these binge shopping episodes where she would buy all these designer clothes and amazing facial products, and it never made her happy. For for that short moment of doing it, she loved it, and then after it, she had all this anxiety and stress and overwhelm about what she'd just done, and it was compulsive. It happened every month without fail. Like I, There was nothing I could do with the tools that I had at the time to stop her because it was a much deeper emotion. She was getting validation from that. She was getting a sense of self-worth that wasn't lasting it was fleeting and as a result she just couldn't get herself out of this addictive nature it was almost like she was punishing herself with it it was really really hard and sad to watch and then there's a comparison syndrome so constantly comparing your financial situation to others and feeling inadequate as a result even if you start earning really really well it's just like any comparison any judgment is never going to work out in a good way And then there's the avoidance of the financial conversations, like I was talking about in this Netflix program, refusing to discuss finances with your loved ones due to discomfort or fear or conflict. And honestly, this will just bite you in the butt so badly down the path. You have got to be open to talking about this, even if it's hard. And Josh and I have had so many hard financial discussions this year alone, just a whole lot of different priorities coming up for us and a whole lot of different situations and places where we've invested and where we've like just, yeah, like we're sorting through it and we have a really clear financial path and we know what our goals are and we're head down and we bum up about it. And, and it allows me to choose things like buying a trampoline in a pool because I know where we're heading and what we're doing. But man, it's taken some open conversation and it's not always pleasant. Sometimes it's really exciting and satisfying and invigorating and motivating. Other times it's just like, oh, literally do just want to run out and do anything but talk about the hard stuff but that's what we need to do to be really really clear and transparent with each other about what our shared financial future is actually you may just watch how to get rich with Ramit Sethi and just watch it and you'll you'll probably see a whole lot of your own triggers in there how you're you know some of your avoidancy tendencies you might be able to relate to some of the real people in it and maybe you'll also share some of their financial values and their views like some of these people have beautiful dreams that they want to get there one the other night was really wanting to be able to retire his mother and buy her a home actually both of them in the family wanted to do that because they had bought them out to the US immigrated there given up their lives for them and that's how they wanted to repay them just make sure that their parents were well taken care of right it's a beautiful a beautiful legacy to want to leave and a goal to work towards so once you've identified your financial triggers at least you can develop strategies to manage them more effectively so this might involve actually seeking support from a financial advisor or therapist this might be practicing mindfulness that I spoke about in my previous episode, episode 21, to reduce your impulsive spending or having open and honest financial conversations with your loved ones, which is probably a great place to start. In essence, financial self-awareness is this cornerstone of building a healthy money mindset and making really great financial decisions that you feel proud of. The more you can understand these three things, your financial values, 
clarifying your financial priorities and recognizing your financial triggers, you can take control of your financial destiny and create a more empowered relationship with money. So why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? So don't fear. I have some strategies for enhancing your financial habits. And I'll also leave you with a couple of resources that have really helped me. So no matter where you fall on the spectrum of money mindsets, there are strategies that can improve your financial habits. The first is creating a budget. A budget can be a really powerful tool to help you track your expenses, see where your money is actually going versus where you think it's going, set financial goals and regain control over your finances. This is not about restriction at all. This is actually about opportunity. And it's also about conscious allocation of resources. I was actually listening to a Financial Feminist by Tori Dunlap. That's actually her book that's recently come out. And she has the Her First 100K podcast. And she's just awesome. She's like a really great money coach. And she just has very different views about things. And she is passionate about helping women in particular to really get ahead and understand their finances and invest you know, she's not even 30 yet and she's going to have about 30 million by the time she's 30. So a really awesome lady to keep up with and learn from. And I really love her reframe on, you know, she's like, I know that if I say the word budget, most people just want to cringe because they think of deprivation. But she was actually saying it's like your best friend because it shows you possibility of what you can allow for. And as I was saying, it's not about restriction. It's about consciously allocating your resources smartly so you can get what you want. The second thing that you can do is practice gratitude. Cultivating gratitude for what you have, even if it doesn't feel like much right now, can truly shift your mindset from scarcity to abundance. And that just leads you to more content financial life. If you're constantly looking at the lack and scarcity, guess what? That's what you're going to get more of. If you actually take time to appreciate the things that money can't buy, relationships, health and personal growth, then you are going to start feeling more and more abundant and that's going to have a ripple effect in your life. The third thing you can do is set financial goals. So really clearly define financial goals that have a, a true why behind them, not just like I want to save 10K. I want to save 10K so that I can write them down will provide you with so much direction and motivation for managing your money effectively. And these can be short-term goals like paying off debt to long-term goals for saving for retirement or a dream vacation. So those are just some of the strategies that you can put into place that will actually start to make a huge impact. Money, A Love Story, another book that I really, really like from Kate Northrup. That was just a beautiful read for me to really understand more about, you know, some of the childhood values that might be in place, but also how we need to start loving money, treating it with respect, viewing it in a whole new light as this thing that can give us so much growth and so much opportunity and so much certainty and security, but also love. So money, a love story is kind of about falling in love with money in a different way. So I guess at the end of the day, you know, you and I dream about financial freedom and your money mindset and habits play a crucial role in achieving this goal. And one approach that has garnered a lot of attention recently is the barefoot investor method. Now, I actually did a whole podcast on this because I love Scott Pape. He's an Australian financial therapist and advisor, and he's just just so down to earth and so humble, and he does amazing work in helping people just get back on track with their finances. So episode 13, head across to lifepilot.co forward slash 13, 
Now, it was all about the barefoot investor method to financial freedom. Honestly, I think you'll love it. I went into more depth there. But just to recap, it involves simplifying your finances. So Scott is all about how do you reduce complexity in your financial life and make it more manageable and less overwhelming. This can include consolidating bank accounts, which I've recently done. I got rid of two more accounts that just didn't need to be there. Automating your bill payments and decluttering your financial paperwork. Then he focuses on how do you automate savings and investments so that you're always putting something into that and creating automated systems for saving and investing so that you're consistently paying yourself first, regardless of your financial situation, right? You're never going to get ahead if you're constantly paying the bills and the debt. You've got to put a little bit aside into those investments. And it also removes the temptation to spend any of your money impulsively. He talks about eliminating debt, so prioritizing debt reduction so you can free up more of your income for saving and investing and building financial independence, which is the biggie, right? So gradually building your wealth over time, allowing you to achieve financial freedom and security, having peace of mind for the future. And this is about strategic investing, diversifying your assets, not into crazy stuff, and having a clear plan for your retirement. So definitely listen to that episode at lifepilot.co forward slash 13. And as I kind of wrap up, I mean, this has hopefully been a really juicy episode for you to just consider what are your money values? What are your financial triggers and habits? And also what is your financial legacy? And your relationship with wealth is not set in stone, by the way. So I hear and see so many stories of people who have overcome massive odds, like being brought up in poverty with absolutely nothing to their name, knocked down several times, like everything against them and turning that around to become incredibly wealthy and not wealthy in the financial sense only, but in their mind, body, and soul. So this beautiful, abundant mindset about everything. It's a really dynamic aspect of your life that you have the power to shape, to improve, and to use as a tool to design the life you desire. And understanding your money mindset and cultivating positive financial habits, aligning your actions every day with your financial goals. This does not mean going out and splurging on stuff because you suddenly felt like it was a weak moment. But that is how you truly take control of your financial destiny. So I hope that what you want to work towards is a relationship with wealth that is positive and that is abundant and that building wealth is something that you will work on. It evolves over time and it's influenced by your experiences and decisions and that you get to change that every single day. You don't need to hold on to your old money stories or beliefs. You don't need to berate yourself for past decisions. Fresh slate every day. It starts with you. Build the wealth that you want. If you nurture a positive money mindset and you practice that financial self-awareness, even if it's just writing down what you spend in a month and what you bring in, and you look at effective financial strategies, maybe you hire some help, you can transform your financial journey to whatever you want it to be and achieve greater financial freedom and well-being. If you want to work on this together as just one part of your life pilot journey, please consider jumping on a evolve discovery call with me because I want you to evolve into the person that you want to be and to have the life that you truly deserve. You can do that at lifepilot.co forward slash coaching. It's a 30 minute complimentary chat with me to see if we're a good fit for working together. I would love to be your coach. I would love to be your cheerleader. I would love to help you achieve more financial abundance in your life and across all areas of your life. So until next time, 
stay financially empowered, stay mindful of your money mindset and always be the pilot of your own financial destiny. Thank you so much for listening.